0: Welcome into Please Bear With Me. This is actually part two of a two-part interview with former Baylor quarterback Seth Russell. And if you haven't listened to the first part, I would encourage you to go back, listen to that first as it just directly ties into this second part. For this conversation with Seth, I didn't cut anything out. I did not edit it whatsoever. We just taped it, compressed it, and put it out for you guys to enjoy. And Seth was a tremendous guest, and we're really thankful he came on the podcast. So here's part two of my conversation with Seth Russell. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah, Baylor fans, I think, give you a lot of credit for keeping that ship afloat, along with everybody you mentioned. I mean, there's a, that's a team effort. There's no one person that does it. But I think, like you said, being the senior quarterback, the leader, the guy that that naturally... Gets looked at as uh, with a lot of scrutiny. I think you've been given a lot of credit for for the fact that that even um, even though that team struggled in the latter half of the season, made a bowl game and had some success, um, and and was able to rally and get something. And you know, and you talked about you know this happens two months before the season. Do we play football? And just the fact that you and others were able to lead that team and say, we're going to play football and we're going to win some games, right? Do you see yourself as the guy that was carrying a ton of that burden? Well,
1: I mean, I did carry a little bit of it, I would say. Um, But then again, it goes into, I feel like, the way that I live my life, the way that I played the game. I knew, being the quarterback, it's going to be the guy that's going to, you won the game or you lost the game type type of deal. And I knew that the way that I was raised, you know, I give it all back to my parents, but the way that they raised me Mm. set me up for this situation. You know, them not knowing that this was going to happen, you know, whenever I was younger, but for them to be able to basically speak life into me and be able to stay humble in situations that even in the worst times, I felt like I was able to kind of keep, keep a clear mind, keep clear headed with all of it. Um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you were trying to be politically correct. I was like, no, I, I wasn't, I was just, I was, I was not going to throw my university that I've spent, that I've loved every second of being there under the bus for a situation that maybe they made the wrong decision. I don't know. That's still up in the air. Yeah. (laughs) Um, sure. And for me to make judgment on people or somebody that made that decision, like, it's not my place you know my place is to support my team because I know they're all hurting Um, somebody had to be the the target unfortunately I felt like that may have been me Um, since all of our coaching staff weren't allowed to speak to the media only only coach Grobe right I remember that he did an amazing job too as well he did Um, but you know a lot of the the more personal questions were directed towards me which I would rather them be directed towards me than anybody else on the team. So I felt like I was set up appropriately to answer those and to not, you know, to get myself into a hole. Um, but I guess to say if I, I took the brunt of all of it, I, I mean I did take a lot, but it I felt like it was spread out, you know, with Taylor Young and those guys. Yeah. I mean, they were, mm-hmm. I mean, all of us could have been easily pushed under the bus, Um. Or maybe we were already laying on the ground and the bus was coming towards us. But, you know, we were all able to help each other, to support one another. No matter what the questions were, it was always going back to, no, this team is what we need to support. You know, everybody else doesn't matter, unfortunately, you know, at that time. Um, We didn't care what the critics said, we didn't care what, you know, ESPN was saying you know what all these other universities were saying it didn't matter because they're not the ones on the field right they're not the ones in the locker room they're not the ones that are busting their tail you know 365 days or whatever per game to go out and play and they're just trying to basically sink the ship yeah Um, but it was tough
0: well and and Matt rule steps in obviously after you had gone but he steps in is I found it so telling that one of the first things he said is introductory press conferences I walked in here and it's all great young men who just want to play football and i look at you as as the as the face of that in that 2016 year that's like great christian young man representing the school well taking all the fire and just staying poised and i don't know how you did it dude like (laughs) props to you um just unbelievable so here we go once again into the hard stuff uh You may not remember this, we actually met for the very first time at at Texas Roadhouse. I was working there, I think think it was right after all of this drama too, and you you were there with your parents, and I said hello, and we talked for about two minutes, and um, your dad asked me to pray for you, which I thought was really powerful and really cool, I I really appreciated meeting your dad in that moment too, but um, that's my setup to say that I uh, unfortunately couldn't get off my shift on, on the Saturday, you guys were playing in Norman. And uh, But I was not being an attentive server or manager or whatever I was doing at that time. I was watching <laughs> the game. Uh, and I promise you, uh, because I, I loved you as a player and because I just had so much respect for what you were doing um, against all of that stuff we just talked about, uh, I saw the play you got hurt, and I had to go to the bathroom, and, and I almost threw up, and I cried. I've never been more sick over... Just the, the, uh, knowing the little bit that I knew about that year prior, um, couldn't believe it, man. Um, what's going through your head and, and, and there's a shot and I, and it makes me sick and I have not watched it since, but you look and you see what's going on with your leg and you just lay back down. And I'm thinking, is it just crap? Like, here we go again. Like what, how devastating and disappointing does that have to be?
1: Yeah. So, (laughs) whenever I saw it, in my mind, I was just thinking it was a dislocated ankle. Yeah. Pop it back in, tape it up, good to go. Yeah, come on. Yeah, just keep going. You know, it's it's just just pain, you know, type of deal. um, But the funny thing is about it, so whenever it happened, I'm sitting there, you know, my leg's straight and my ankle's kind of pointed out about 45 degrees right out which was it didn't look right it did not look good on television no, no I, I can imagine <laughs> and uh and I'm thinking all right it just needs to be popped in because it's just it's dislocated just pop it back in Let's keep rolling and so I start kind of not yelling but like kind of saying to people hey somebody pop it back in pop come pop it back in like we're good pop it back in <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so Kyle Fuller, my center, you know, he'd come over. He's, if I'm on the ground, he's always there the first guy to sure. pick me up. Like, hey, hey, pop it, pop it in. He was like, what? And he kind of, like, looked down at it and reached down to act like he was going to do it. And paused for a second. And then, like, stepped back. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. No, no, I can't do that. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not qualified for that or something. He said something funny like that. And then by that time, you know, our, our uh, staff had yeah. come over and basically, like, I can't remember the, I think it was dr haynes or one of them had basically like baseball slid into me to like get my foot he was like lay back i said just pop it in He was like lay back i'm like just pop it in like it's fine just pop it in and so he did it and then of course you know the relief and the, all the all the uh you know blood vessels start pumping through again and i'm like all right i'm good get up He was like no like lay back it's like, dude, I'm good. Just help me up, and I'll get off the field. And they bring the cart out. I'm like, I don't need, to, I don't need the cart. I'm good. Like, just, just, just help me get off the field, and then we can figure out something. He's like, no, like, <laughs> we have to stabilize your ankle. And, and of course, you know, the, you know the rest of the story. Right. Um, and so it was just, uh, <laughs> but some of the funny things about it was. So as I'm laying there, as soon as it happens, you know, we have one of the defensive guys get up and start waving towards our staff. Whatever, like, hey, like, he needs help, he needs help. And then I hear somebody behind me. I don't know who it was. He was like, bro, I think I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> like, just like just funny stuff like that. And I'm just kind of like chuckling in my head, but then I'm like, oh, this really hurts. But I was, okay, we'll move past that. But, but
0: in, in your head, you're like, it's just pain. We'll pop it in. I'm going to come back out here and complete this next pass. Exactly. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I was not going to come off the field, but they
1: carted me off the field. Yeah. Just jerks.
0: And so, I I mean, I I am, I'm fairly familiar with the rest of the story for, but for the listeners who may have forgotten or not, tell us about the rest of that and realizing that you're, you're done. I mean, that's it. Yeah. So, um, at Baylor, at least I want to get to the other stuff in a minute, but yeah, absolutely. So, um, they
1: carted me off the field. I had a round of applause, whatever, from everybody um, from in, in the stadium, which was pretty cool. Uh, but get back. They do the X-rays underneath the stadium. They're like, "Yeah, you're done for the season." It's just like, oh, again, you know, type of deal. I was like, "Well, just here we go again. Let's let's get back from it. Let's recover. Let's right. heal up." You know the NFL is coming up draft or the combine. I had already been invited to the combine at that time, Um, right? And so I'm like, all right, well, that's the next goal. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, get back, get back to Waco, start trying to figure out who's going to do the surgery. I end up going to a guy that I've been to multiple times. Both all my family members have been to. Name was Dr. Bothwell up in Fort Worth. Phenomenal guy. He played professional football so he's familiar with all the stuff and he's like we'll take care of you and so go in get the surgery um and it just kind of started the rehab process
0: when you when it was evident you know hey this is it for the season and it's it obviously for your career you you were a senior um what are what are some things i want to know what some things people said to you were because I can't imagine what your teammates, even like guys you played against, or your coaching staff. I mean, Kendall Briles obviously still there. Um, how much appreciation did they show for who you were and what you had done on the field? Uh,
1: I mean, you could imagine. I mean, everything. Every I mean, everybody on the team. I was sitting in the training room and you know, just balling my eyes out. You yeah. Know, and they'd come in, you know, give me a hug, and it's like, man, it's gonna be all right. Like we got you, type of deal um and so i'm just just broken basically again and i guess what was hardest about the second time so the first time i had a team to come back to you know because it was the next year and the second time it happened it's like crap like it's nfl's next and that's not a given
0: and it's not the same
1: and so, and so there was a lot more times where I'm sitting at home by myself, rather than like up at the, the uh, <clears throat> football facility with guys watching film, you know, rehab and that type of stuff. And so, that was much more difficult. Um, but you know, being able to go through it again, whenever it happened, all the support that just kept pouring out. You know, you had all the guys that I played against. I mean, a lot of guys like
0: like who give us some names that people would get excited to hear i guess
1: maybe one that stands out and he was the mvp of the, of the nfl last year so that was kind of cool <laughs> but he was still a player at the time and so so patrick mahomes he yeah. was a guy i mean all like pretty much all the big 12 um <clears throat> football coaches yeah would send me like handwritten letters and wow. stuff like
0: that so yeah that wow. was pretty cool um, but we, then, knew, we knew Snyder did the handwritten letters thing. I don't know if we knew any of the rest yeah, of them did it. Yeah, so Gundy <laughs> sent me ones. I yeah, mean,
1: all of them. All of them did. I mean, wow. Kingsbury, all those guys. Respect. Strong. Yeah. And yeah. so it was. It was pretty cool to see that and just kind of be like, you know, it's not just a, not just a game. Like there's a lot of respect behind all of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and of course everything just started pouring out again from Baylor Nation, people all around the world. Um, we're messaging. So, like the the coolest thing, the the biggest thing that I remember from both injuries was after I broke my neck, and you know the the word got out that that's what happened. Um, about a week later, I mean I was just getting letters and Facebook messages and everything just coming through. And but the two biggest ones that, that stood out to me were two families that had sent me a message and they sent a picture of their kid underneath it, and it was saying, you know, my kid was playing high school football and broke his neck just like you did, but he can't walk. You know, he's in a wheelchair. And so there were two of them that happened that way, and I'm just thinking in my head, why, why was I able to walk off the field? You know, what, why am I, like what gave me the right or the, mm-hmm. the blessing to do that? Like why, you know, why? type of deal and so that was one of the other big kind of motivators in my life was there's people that go through this same injury that don't have the same outcome and I was blessed enough for whatever reason to get to not ever first off to never have the paralysis feeling and secondly to be able to come back and play division one football the next year yeah like it was just it didn't make sense in my mind on why um but to get back to the ankle like all the the support that was just pouring out like it it helped but it didn't fill that void yeah you know of of being around guys being around the team you know working and then and then the rehab process was another kind of ordeal in itself but it was it was challenging
0: well yeah that's um we got to talk about it so um we knew you were rehabbing. I think everybody's rooting for you. Uh, I think, you know, depending on and, – and some of this s- speculation about draft position is silly, but I think most scouts would have said, okay, Seth Russell, even off the injuries, even not completing two full seasons, mid-round pick, you know, p- potential backup, potential could push a starter, right? I mean, you were, you were very um, athletic and talent, good arm talent. I mean, I think everybody viewed you as a viable NFL quarterback. Um, you did a pro day, right? I did, and you yep. did go to the combine mm-hmm. and did a couple of drills, if I remember correctly yeah it was I was awful at the combine. <laughs> I didn't Absolutely remember that awful. part. I thought I remembered you going, but <laughs> yeah. um I mean you all signs were okay, here goes Seth Russell, come back to her, like get him in the n f l let's let's see what he can do at the next level and I think it surprised a lot of people when you um announced that you were medically retiring. Um, and I have heard you speak about this a little bit, but again, just for folks that listen to this podcast or haven't heard, tell me what finally got you to that point where you said, I, I gotta stop. And I, it's over. I mean, what, what gets, cause you are, you have proven today, even in this conversation, you are a competitor and you love the game and you love to play. Yeah. So what got you to that place where you're at peace with, with laying it down? Yeah, absolutely. So The rehab process starting
1: off, they're like it's gonna be, you know, a a four to six weeks of healing, and then maybe two to three months of rehab, and you should be fine. Um, We get to that two to three months, and I've maybe progressed twenty five percent, and I'm just, I'm just really confused, and it turns out that like I had so whenever my ankle, (laughs) if you ever go back and watch it, if you're squeamish, don't do it. It twisted 180 degrees the opposite way. I remember. Yeah. And so, and if you could imagine all the ligaments, all the nerve endings, all the blood vessels, everything in there were just stretched. And so what that means is basically with the nerve endings. So I have, I still have issues today with nerve pain. Um, but I couldn't feel my toes, um, the muscle, my calf. So whenever I jump, My calf, my left calf still cramps up, just locks up because it just, there's some kind of disconnect, um, with that, with the nerves, Mm. um, and maybe some muscle tearing and ligaments too. But going through that process of two to three months trying, I mean, I'm rehabbing every day for two or three hours, just trying to do whatever I can, but you can't build your muscles up until your nerves fire. And so, I mean I had really bad atrophy in my calves um, and all through kind of my foot I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing it's not getting better not getting better not getting better Um, and so I do the do the combine I didn't do anything except throw which probably wasn't the best decision on my part because I look like a newborn baby giraffe like it was awful It was awful Um, and then so I you know upset about that get back home i'm like just keep grinding like it's going to get better there's a light at the end of the tunnel it's pretty far away but it's at the end of the tunnel (laughs) um and i'm like okay i will do my pro day i'm going to be the best i can be on my pro day um so i get to pro day i'm feeling a lot better i still have a lot of issues with pushing off because i the I don't know if it was the muscles or if it was the, the ligaments or whatever, but anytime time I would push off, my ankle would give out. Hmm. Like, it would fall out, which was just kind of with, came with the injury. Um, and so I taped it up about as tight as I could tape it. I mean, basically to where I cut off blood flow to my foot to where I could push off because it would, wouldn't flop, basically. Um, so I did that, I did well. did well. I think it was best I could at the Pro Day, and then, um, and then the draft comes around, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm probably not going to be fourth or fifth round, maybe sixth round, I'm thinking, and then that comes, and comes and goes, and nothing. Then I go to a couple mini camps, went to Oakland um, for the Raiders, then went to New Orleans um, with the Saints, did pretty bad there too, um, just came back home, just really defeated mentally, Um, the next week I got a call from another team, went up and did an individual workout. The next week went somewhere else. And at that time it was just, I was like, I, every, all, everybody that I spoke to was, and if you know the NFL, if you don't, it's business driven. And they would basically say, I use the analogy of, or the metaphor, or whatever, the picture of, they basically put your name. On a hook with a bobber and throw it out in the water, and just let you sit there until they come and bite, which could be four years, could be the next day, and they're just like, you know, we we really liked you, um, we like your mentality, you throw the ball well, uh, we're not looking to sign a quarterback right now, but we may reach out to you at the middle of the season. All of them said that. I said, sounds familiar, you know, type of deal, and I just said, you know what? I know I'm not healthy, mentally, physically. If I even were to get picked up by the NFL, it, I, if I were to get on the field, I wouldn't be able to move the way I want to move. Yeah. And that would just be put the team at risk, put myself at risk. I just, I said, you know what? God is pushing me somewhere else. I don't know where it is, but for some reason he has put it in my mind that this isn't what I need to be doing, and so when I come back home, you know, talk it over with my, um, I think it's wife, wife at the fiance, I can't remember. Um,
0: <laughs> don't don't tell her you couldn't remember yeah. your anniversary. Well, it was dude. like
1: right at that is right at that time, so it was like in between when we got married and after I got married. Gotcha. I was doing the free agency stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just said, you know, I think it's time to move on. She said. Let's do it then. And so she was fully supportive of it.
0: Yeah, she's thankful that she didn't have to watch you go through another <laughs> surgery.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean I still have to go through a couple more just to kind of catch up on some things that I didn't do. Well but but, but from football. Right. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I guess during the field on the field. Correct yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, so decide to medically retire. I'm like, you know what, the Lord's going to He's gonna provide and he always
0: and he has and he always will. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Matt Shelf of the Shelf Realty Team at Caldwell Banker United Realtors. Matt is a Baylor grad and a longtime listener of the podcast. He and his team in Houston are pros and can help you buy, sell, or rent whatever your real estate needs are. As a young guy, Matt is great with renters and first-time homebuyers, and he employs a lot of cutting-edge technology to give experienced homebuyers and sellers a great experience too. If you or someone you know is looking to move, even outside of Houston, they're happy to give you a free consultation and market report just for reaching out. You can find them online at com, or on Facebook at the Shelf Realty Team. The Shelf Realty Team. You, your goals, your home. I'm curious, and this is such a... You know, movies, they do uh, fan service, you know, like you do the fan service parts of the movie that are just to make people go crazy. Captain America picking up Thor's hammer, right? <laughs> so here's my fan service question. <laughs> okay. Because I think Baylor fans, this is they wanted to be in on this conversation. Have you and Robert Griffin talked about that? About injuries and what what could have been and how you get through that with both of you guys being... Transcended athletes that just couldn't get a break. Yeah.
1: So he actually came and visited me um, when I broke my neck. Wow. So he came to visit me when we were um, up in West Virginia. And I'm sure we talked about it, but I was on pain meds. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the conversation. Yeah. Um, but I guess to answer your question, straightforward, we never really talked about it. No, we never just sat down and you know said hey this is if this is what happened this is what you need to do this we never yeah we never had that conversation
0: i just think baylor fans see a lot of parallels between you know they think robert griffin and they think rookie of the year would have torn up the nfl and just couldn't get a break and they see you and they think national championship heisman trophy and i don't know if that ever went through your head but it was going through ours you know uh nfl couldn't get a break
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um Do you ever think about, do you ever watch the NFL now and see Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray? I mean, the NFL has evolved and it's been doing it for a long, it's been slowly doing it for a long time since Vic, but really now these dual threat athletic quarterbacks are more and more and more just tearing the league up. Um, You ever see that and think, that was me?
1: Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. That's why I, I try to stay away from it because then you start thinking, what if, which is you start thinking what if, and then you lose sight of what you've been blessed with. Yeah. And <laughs> I guess one of the big what ifs that I've always asked myself, or not not really a what if, but it's like I look at these guys who are starting in the NFL. They were all majority of them were in my draft class. Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think Baker was the next year. Um, Brandon Allen, with the Bills now. I mean, there's several of them. I'm just like a Brissette with uh, the Colts. I'm just like. It's like, what if? You know, like I, I. There's no reason why I should not be out there with those guys, because like I was even. I mean, yeah,
0: it's. It still frustrates I can see, me. I can see on your face you're trying to be humble, but you were every bit <laughs> the college quarterback those guys were. Yeah. For that, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's to, what we're saying. Yeah,
1: trying to be, yeah. Yeah, that's in my mind. You know, just the being confident in myself. And it's like, I mean, I could. I felt like I could hang with the best of them. And those guys are the best in the NFL right now. And it's just like, man, that would have been fun. it would be really cool. But then then it wouldn't have set me up for I feel like the for the challenges that I've been faced with and then it goes back to like and the Lord's gonna give I mean I've been told this multiple times and I share it with people who go through big issues it's like the Lord gives the toughest battles to the strongest soldiers and so I just think that's really cool to think about just in terms of if you think you're going through something tough somebody's gone through something tougher you know, or somebody's gone through something very similar, you're not the only one that's ever gone through it. And just really trying to reach out and find a purpose and in, in the suffering basically. Yeah.
0: Well your shoulders are pretty strong, dude. <laughs> I appreciate per- it. Yeah, man. Um, so man, let's let's get to the good stuff. Tell me about life. Tell me what you're doing now, what you know, you've you've had a few years to see what God had planned for you uh, beyond football. So, how's it going? What are you doing? Catch Baylor fans up who haven't seen you since you left the field against Oklahoma, right? So, what's going on? Yeah, man. God is
1: great. He's been, he's been very, very grateful to both me and my wife, um, Ashley. Who, if you don't know, she played soccer at Baylor, and she was riddled with injuries as well. She came in with ACL, torn ACL, recovered from it week later, tore it again. Um and you could imagine just the the psychological warfare that she had to go through. Absolutely. Um and just the support that we needed to pour into one another. Um but currently so she uh she is a clinical dietitian at Texas Children's Hospital down in the medical center in Houston. Um I am currently transitioning between two jobs right now, so I will in January one, I'll become a, a full-time financial advisor with Northwestern Mutual, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's just it's it's really cool, and I can talk a little more about it later. Um, but currently, so my position I'm transitioning from is actually with Texas Children's Hospital as well. Um, it's a department that handles outside referring physicians in their clinics and hospitals that call in or like, Hey, this patient is having um, you know, really bad symptoms or needs to get an earlier appointment. It's like, how can we set that up? And so we will then you know, walk them through, get them in contact with the right people. It's a call center, um, to say the least. Uh, and then we also set up, um, peer to peer conversations. So like, uh, over the phone consults, Um, really just trying to get patients in that need to be seen sooner, even though the process, we're continuing to perfect our processes as possible, as much as possible. But, um, you know, we get people that call in that are frustrated with our process and we want to make sure that we help them, um, in the grand scheme of things to really help the patient because these are kids, like, yeah. You know they they can't drive themselves to the appointment. Um, you know it's not their fault that the mom couldn't pick them up from daycare and take them to their appointment you know because they're having to work two jobs. You know, just just a bunch of just crazy things that you hear. Um, but transitioning from that, so kind of to go back a little bit. So whenever I broke my neck and went through that whole process and then had the picture with the with the kids that had the the broken neck. I'm in to in a wheelchair, I started to think in my mind, what can I do in the future to really help those types of families, um, and sp- specifically help those families? And because you could imagine, like, financially, you don't plan for that. You don't plan for your kid to be paralyzed. And at first, I thought it was get into healthcare and try to figure out a way to work the ladder, climb the ladder and get to the point where I can open up my own kind of facility that handles patients or kids that have this type of issue that have paralysis and basically build like a like a community for them Um, and then so that's kind of a pretty far-fetched thought I guess initially right now and now going into Northwestern you know, talking with a bunch of guys, it's all about the purpose of why they're doing what they're doing with financial advising. And I really, so this past weekend I had a training camp with Northwestern Mutual for a full week. And it really kind of opened my eyes to, we're not doing this to financially benefit. It's We're doing this to help people set up a plan, set up health care, set up, not healthcare, care, set up life insurance, set up disability, set up... College funds, you know, all of those types of things that you don't really think about, and it's really difficult to put into play if you don't know where to put, you right. know, your money or how to, you know, bits and pieces here and there. Sure. Um, and so it's really kind of opened my eyes, and I really want to focus on just impacting people's lives in a positive way, you know, whether that's financially, if it's if it's helping people get out of debt. You know whatever it is because a lot of people are in debt and it's just it's always putting ourselves second like we're not doing this for the money we're not we're doing mm-hmm. this to help help a family or I'm doing this to help a family get to the point where they're not constantly worried about life or money even after they retire and so it's really a cool deal um, so Jeff reader who's a of the Board of Regents he is the regional partner um, for uh, <clears throat> for Northwestern mutual. And he kind of got me into it and he's an amazing guy like in himself, like his stories are amazing and the people that he's impacted in a positive way. And so, um, that's kind of what I'm doing. We're living here in the woodlands. We bought a house about three, three months ago. Um, you know, we're, we're having Thanksgiving at our house this year. So it's going to be a big deal. It's kind of cool. So we had to get all the family in. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's been it's been crazy but it's been a good kind of crazy
0: man yeah using i love that you you're very intentionally taking what you went through and asking the lord how you can give back and that's really special um so you and i talked about this just a little bit before we started the recording here but uh let's tell my listeners uh how much you keep up with baylor football today how much you interact with the program um, I think I told you this before we started recording. I think if you called Coach Rule and said, I'm going to go have a talking to with Charlie Brewer, I think he'd bite at the chance. But tell us about your kind of current involvement, how much you've watched the Bears this season and, and what you think of the job that uh, Coach Rule has done um, since he arrived.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So he's, he's done an amazing job with those guys, um, how he's molded them. You know, just into the people that they are. I mean, he's a big community service type of guy, which I love community service. That's kind of, I wish I would do more of it. Um, but watching, I've been to, I've been to three games, home games, and every time, you know, they surprise me with something different with how they've kind of grown and molded. You know, just kind of as you do over the season. Um, but I was talking to a guy the other day, and I said, normally I don't enjoy watching defenses
0: normally like trying to pick them apart <laughs> you're a quarterback who played in an art briles offense of course yeah. you don't like watching yeah defense,
1: so yeah normally when the on the defense i'm just like <laughs> i'm more focused on the offense right but when our defense is on the field i'm like locked in they're awesome it's fun it's, yeah uh, they fly around i mean i love their their style of play
0: and it's just been <laughs> i love it how crazy is it to see a guy that you threw passes to, Blake Lynch, playing linebacker and being really good at it this season. By the way,
1: yeah, no, he's a freak athlete. So he actually came into the program as an athlete, right? I remember. Yeah, and yeah. so we were just trying to figure out where to put him. Um, I mean, he's a big body, and he's special. Yeah he's, yeah, he's 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 just an athlete. I mean, he he can you can put him anywhere, and he'll do. He's just very coachable. I mean, he's a soft-spoken guy. Yeah. I mean, he does what he needs to do. Um He's just... I have a lot of respect for him. For him just to be... For him to be moved around that much, you could imagine what that could do psychologically. Sure. Like. I you, think he's
0: literally played six positions I believe Baylor.
1: it. I believe it. I believe it. He's... Each time, he's, like, getting closer to that position that he's really good at. And I think he's found it with that linebacker position.
0: Yeah. Um... So kind of, I got two more questions to kind of wrap this up and appreciate your time. So I'm, I'm a youth pastor and, you know, work a lot with young people, a lot of young athletes in my youth group. Uh, you know, I, am in a small town where football and baseball are, are the thing. And, and every kid wants to go play college sports. And, you know, you uh, also have worked with young people and, and if you had a message for young athletes, um, what would it be? To have fun, it's you only have it for so long.
1: Hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people take, which I mean, you should take it seriously if that's what you want to do. But while you're doing it, don't let it beat you up psychologically. You know, mentally. I mean, push yourself to the limit to keep getting better every day, but don't lose focus of it's a game. Like have fun while you're doing it. Because um, you never know when it could be taken away. I mean, I'm a prime example of it. And if I could still be playing, I probably would. Because um, I loved it so much. I just love all the aspects to it. You're with the team, you know, you work, your work ethic. I mean, it all plays into life. And I think going through what I've gone through, I enjoyed every bit of it. I mean I had fun. I don't regret anything that ever happened. I don't I don't say I wish I had done this and not this. I mean I wish I'd handed the ball off instead of like, pulling it. <laughs> but other than that, you know, it's it's just have fun, don't don't hold back and just just play the game and, and love it.
0: Well, and dude, you know, I should have said this when we were talking about it earlier. That even that play, that's what made you special was, was the willingness and the ability to, to take the ball and take a hit and is a freak injury. I mean, I think that's what, that's the word I kept hearing even right after it happened is this is a freak injury. And like you said, um, m- maybe, uh, parts of a millimeter away from it being a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't even think you can regret that, man. You were just playing your game. Oh yeah. And, uh, lastly, the thing that, uh, i'd like to close on for uh baylor nation anybody that's listening to this podcast or catches maybe doesn't listen to the podcast but catches the interview because i have a feeling this is going to get a lot more uh, (laughs) play than most most of what we do um what would you say to the folks that stuck with it through the trials and rooted for you whether it was for you personally through the injuries and and the adversity or through Uh, For the team through, you know, 2016 and and a time when a lot of people bailed out um, and gave up on a lot of really good young athletes, what would would you say to them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um,
1: For the guys who, for the people who did stuck around or stick around was, you know, we had a reason to play. And it wasn't for ourselves. It was for Baylor University, for the people who supported us, who stuck with us through it all. Y'all were the reason why we stayed on the field, like why we showed up. I think I want to say that each game was pretty packed, you know, because we were still still doing well. Right. Um, But even through all the adversity, all the negativity, I felt like people could see the writing on the wall and, you know, were upset about the situation, even though the ones that maybe said, I'm not going to go and support. Baylor as a university but that didn't really make sense in my my eyes because the university is not the ones on the field it's you have 18 year old to 23 24 year old kids basically right and <laughs> they're getting called all these different types of names Terrible. um you know, just getting blasted in the media and you can't train somebody for to take over that, but for the people who did stay, um, you know, the, y'all are what got us through the fire. I guess, I mean, they were still burning a little bit. you know, there's some embers here and there, but I mean that was one of the biggest reasons that you know I'd go onto the field is because I'd look up and see how much support we still had. and I thought it was really cool in the sense of we would had purpose, you know, not only to play for our coach and our team to play for our university, but to play for the ones who are sticking around, you know, fighting with us, you know, basically on these issues.
0: Yeah. Well, Hey, I think I speak for, uh, every Baylor fan. I, th- I mean, I won't say that very often. Right. <laughs> but I, I think in this case I can speak for just about everybody who's ever rooted for Baylor football and ever supported Baylor as a university or the team. Uh, when we say, dude, that you are, uh, I think forever etched in our minds as, as a fantastic leader. And as I kind of said before we even got started representative of what Baylor should be about, um, you know, Christian leadership and, um, you know, just again, caring so much for so many of us who love the school and love the football team and, and we're so excited to have, uh, a good program and and to watch it go the way it did and to watch you rise up in that adversity and compete and fight and uh i think i think we knew you were fighting for us and we were we were showing up because we loved you guys so dude um thanks again for the conversation and yeah. and for recapping all of that for us and and just for everything you've done for the school i don't think um, I don't know that you will ever know the full measure of your impact um, on that school or program or fan base or any of it. Um, so dude, we, we are proud of you and love you. And uh, this has been fun, man. Awesome. I
1: appreciate you having me and, and I would do it all over again. You know, I wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for anything. It, it taught me a lot and uh, it's made me into the man who I am today. And I feel like a lot of those guys on that team can say that. Yeah. And, uh, even though it didn't go the way we wanted, it went the way it should have went. And so I think that's, it's really cool. And, and I appreciate you coming out and and having this, uh, this conversation. And hopefully everybody that's listening to this is, you know, touched in, in one way to you know, maybe take just one thing and apply it to their life you know, whatever it is, if it's, if they're going through a tough time, um, just know that there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, even though you may not see it, it's there. And, uh, It's getting closer each and every day.